The Copywriter Club in real life is coming up fast in only five weeks. And in today's episode, our guests include this year's presenters and think tank members, Ash Chow and Justin Blackman, and returning three-peat presenter, Jude Charles. Rob is out of town this week, so my co-host today is one of our team members uh, from the Copywriter Club, Rosie Bynum, uh, our client relationship and event manager. Rosie, thanks for joining me as a co-host today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about the next event coming up, our big one for the year, TCC IRL. That is the Copywriter Club in real life. TCC IRL is taking over the in-person stage this year in Nashville, Tennessee, March 28th through 30th. And that is coming up pretty quickly. Um, It is a two and a half day event where you'll hear from other copywriters and marketers about the best tools and strategies you can use to grow your business skills and mindset. Getting connected with some of the best minds in the space is the cherry on top. Space is limited. So be sure to grab your ticket as soon as possible. If you'd like more information, head over to thecopywriterclub.com slash TCC IRL hyphen 2022. We'll link it in the show notes as well. And space is really limited as in we we only have a certain number of tickets left because the venue can only hold uh, 200 people. And so when we say that, we actually mean it is not just marketing speak. So get your tickets. If you do want to be there, we want to make sure you have a seat. And now let's jump into the conversation with Jude, Ash, and Justin. All right, today we're going to kick this off with a very special episode with some special guests. Um, And today we're going to talk about TCC IRL and also the way that the copywriting and marketing landscape has changed over the last few years. And so I want to kick this off uh, with my co-host, and then we're going to go around the room and everyone will get a chance to introduce yourselves. So Rosie, why don't you kick it off as my co-host today? because we kicked Rob Marsh out. Um, You're going to co-host. And why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Yes, my name is Rosie. Um, You might know me from emails that have come your way or if you've been in any of our programs, uh, the Accelerator or the Think Tank or in the Underground. Um, I've been with the Copywriter Club now for, um, I think this fall will be my third third anniversary (laughs) with uh, Kara and Rob. And um, I started out as kind of a general uh, VA, and now I guess I would be like a project manager slash event manager, and I love it. I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, thanks, Rosie. And we're gonna just go around the room. If you can just introduce yourself and share your you know uh, elevator pitch. I don't know. Start with the elevator pitch, and we'll go from there. So, dude, can you can you kick this off? Sure, I am. Jude Charles, uh, I am the filmmaker who always seems to find his way into the Copywriter Club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm a filmmaker. I create documentaries for entrepreneurs. I went to the first TCC IRL in 2018, I believe. So I'm an OG and looking forward to being at the next one in Nashville. All right. Thanks, Jude. And let's see, go, let's go to Ash. Hey everyone, I'm Ash Chow and I am a launch strategist and conversion copywriter for online entrepreneurs who want to sell their digital products on repeat. 
I am based in Melbourne, Australia. So I am super excited to be um, doing a long haul flight over to the US just for this conference. It's going to be my first trip. So I'm really excited to not only like to have yeah, my first TCC IRL and my first trip to the States coincide. And we are so excited to see you in person, Ash, finally to meet you in person. All right. Thanks, Ash. And Justin, who are you? Nobody really knows. Uh, <laughs> I am a, a mystery trapped in a Kit Kat bar. Um, I am a brand voice expert and overall writer of weird things and uh, analyzer of patterns. And I, I don't even know what to call myself anymore, but I'm a great big mess. I'm, a, uh, <laughs> I'm the duckbill platypus of copywriters. Okay, well, we'll probably dig into that later and try to dig into the hot mess that you are. Um, okay, great. I appreciate it. I like it. it. <laughs> All right. I think that my first question for each of you is what was your first impression from your first IRL event? Maybe Jude, since you're an OG, uh, you could start. I, I think I was the one that, like I said, I'm the filmmaker that came into the room and it was just like, why am I here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think my very first impression though, because I had my only experience with copywriters at that time was uh, the Copywriter Club podcast. And I think my very first impression when I walked into the room is that these people aren't as weird as I thought they would be. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Um, no, you guys are very welcoming. And I think even though I felt out of place, I also felt at home. One thing I loved about the first TCC IRL that I had never experienced at any other conference, and I had gone to conferences before then, was that during lunchtime, there would be a group of us, each day was different, um, but there would be a group of us, five at the most, maybe six, where we would have lunch together. And then we would get to know each other better that way. And I really liked that. I think there was even one night might have been the first night that we did dinner together. Um, and I enjoyed that as well. And so I think for me, the first TCCIRL was all about um, feeling welcomed into the community. Of course, there was learning. And um, I had been hearing about Paris Lompropolis for such a long time, but then finally got to see him in person. He's such a great presenter, too. And um, yeah, those were all kind of like my first impressions. It was just it was an amazing experience. And that's why I haven't missed one ever since. Oh, I love that. I do think the community is one of the first things that made me fall in love with the Copywriter Club as well. Justin, the also OG, would you like <laughs> to tell us about your first impression? Yeah, I was blown away by how accessible everybody was. Uh, my first IRL, I was a nobody. Um, I mean, well, I had written the headline project, so I had some cred, but, but not compared to the A-listers that were walking into the room. And I remember just being in the hotel lobby, just sort of hanging out, and all of a sudden, Joanna Weeb and Rye Schwartz walk in together. And I was just sort of starstruck and um, went over, said hi to, to Rye, and he's like, yeah, cool, no, awesome, let's go have a beer. And <laughs> it was just like immediate bonding. There was no, um, no attitude, no, everybody was just on the same level and happy to be there and excited to meet new people. And some of those people to this day are still great friends. And, you know, I never would have uh, ever thought that I would be on their level. That's so cool. Hey, Rye, <laughs> you want to get a beer? Man, <laughs> so neat. Um, and Ash, I know your first one was last year. 
um, with things being a little bit different in 2021, um, we went virtual for the first time. And um, can you tell me a little bit about what you thought about, I guess, that conference and that experience? Yeah. So like you said, my first IRL, IRL was a lot different um, than Jude and Justin's. It was virtual because, you know, we were all still navigating post-pandemic life. I think I personally was in the middle of a lockdown as well. So it was really great to have that virtual opportunity because I was still able to meet a whole bunch of copywriters, um, just like not literally in real life, but still like across the screen. And I remember there was like a speed networking session at the start. So it was literally like speed dating for copywriters and then we would all have like 15 minutes before someone would press the button and we'd all get randomly matched with someone else and I have to say even though that was like low-key overwhelming for an introvert like me even just spending those 15 minutes with some um, like existing faces that I knew and even some new copywriters really did help me make a lot of connections with people I wouldn't have otherwise and also like being on the other side of the world the conference literally happened overnight for me like during my overnight for three days so I was so excited for it I prepped by sleeping all day so that I could stay up all three (laughs) nights but it was so worth it like just some of the some of the things I learned like I really loved Iman's um, talk and Brittany McBean's and it was just amazing and now I'm really looking forward to doing it in real life and actually seeing um, my friends and people in person and giving them a hug and I'm, I'm just super excited. All right. So we and we can go on and on and rave about this event and um, how much fun it is. And um, but it's a it's a lot of work to travel anywhere, as we all know. It's not easy to take time off work, uh, to leave family behind. And so it's a commitment. So I want to hear from all three of you based off your experience. Like what were some concrete benefits that you took away from your experience or experiences at IRL? I think the biggest benefit for me was just creating all of these connections and referrals that I never would have gotten before. Um, you know, in the Facebook groups, I'm sort of, like, I know I know who I know and I kind of stick with that group. Meeting people in real life, you just sort of wind up at tables with other people, having a drink or eating dinner, or having lunch, and you hear more about them. And all of a sudden they became the, they become the perfect person to refer a misfit project to or a great client who you're struggling with and need some support. Um, all these people have such tremendous skills that you, you don't necessarily know or pick up on through um, just sort of online communities, but getting that face-to-face interaction, I've had so many people that I've referred business to or even gotten referrals from um, just from meeting in person. Yeah, I think I, I second what um, Justin has said. It's the relationships. There are people that I've met at the very first TCC IRL that I still talk with and um, hang out with. And I think, again, for me, I'm also an introvert. And I think coming into the room, not knowing who to talk to, what to say, how to say it, um, but then being welcomed and then um, leaving there. Each year I leave with a new set of friends. And I think the benefit for me to getting, so I come from South Florida. Uh, You guys have had it twice in New York and this year in Nashville. Um, the benefit for me getting on a plane, getting a hotel, uh, sometimes getting a rental car is, is just being, you, you can't pay for the relationships that you walk away with. I think Justin mentioned something that was very, very important. Like everyone's accessible. There's not one person that's there that 
doesn't actually want to hang out with you or learn more about what you're doing and especially the A-listers. And that was always fascinating to me too, because I come from a different world and hearing that the A-listers were going to be there is just like normally A-listers aren't trying to hang out with everyone, but that was different with TCC IRL. And so the relationships are the biggest to me. Like, you know, I still talk to Kim Schwamm and um, who was an A-lister as well. And and I've worked with Stefan Georgi, who's an A-lister and being able to rub elbows with these people have been, um, it's just different. There's nothing like TCC IRL. It's hard to explain it, but there's, it's just, that is the benefit to me. That's, that's why I continue to give back to this community is just nothing like it. Thanks, Jude. And Ash, what about you? Yeah, so I can't speak 100% to the benefits of meeting up in real life, but how I'm justifying the long haul flight is like, like what both Jude and Justin said, like, there's something really special, I feel about being able to meet people who you've been talking to virtually for the better half of like two years, and then finally getting them to finally getting to see them in real life and cementing that connection and that relationship. And I think like the beauty of meeting other copywriters is that like, you like they get it, like they understand what it's like to be your own boss, what it's like to navigate client relationships, to have the the beauty of uncertainty. Whereas when you meet like non-copywriters, you know how you, you spend a bit of time like trying to find your mutual interests, like, oh, like, what do you do for work? And like, oh, like, why are you here? Whereas even just meeting people virtually, and I'm sure in real life as well, you just instantly hit it off because you already have so much in common. So I'm really looking forward to being in the right room with all these A-listers. I'm looking forward to and the new friendships I'm going to make and even just cementing and deepening existing ones. Uh, so I think it's going to be like, you. I'm really, really looking forward. Like it's an opportunity I wouldn't miss. Jude hit on something important there. He said that he came in as an introvert. And the funny thing is with the Copywriter Club is almost all of us are introverts. And we're sort of surrounded by people who have the same type of energy and sometimes need a break. So it's it's so <laughs> it's so common and completely acceptable to just be like, you know what, I need to go back to my room for like five minutes and just not talk. <laughs> and that's totally cool. At other conferences, that might not always be acceptable, but we are a bunch of weird hermit, just people that like talking to a keyboard. <laughs> and and that's cool. You're accepted there. It's family. <laughs> you're allowed to be extroverted. You're allowed to be introverted. There's zero judgment. Yeah, and and we love our extroverts too because and we actually have done, I think we've done this every year. We make everyone raise their hand at the beginning of the event just so we can identify our extroverts because we love you and we also <laughs> want to cling to you sometimes in social settings. And so it's it's very comfortable. And that also brings up a really good point. Um, you know, we're mentioning the social setting and and how wonderful that is, but some people may show up to this event not knowing a single soul, and we all know how intimidating that can be. Um, even if you're confident in who you are uh, as a copywriter, as a human, it's just it's it's such a sinking feeling. And so, what advice would you give to someone who's showing up for the first time? and doesn't know anyone, how could you maximize the event? Um, how could you make it a little bit more comfortable? What tips would would you give um, if if you have some tips to give? Yeah, Jude. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's interesting because I think the one thing that you guys do really well and it's, it's always engaging is the Facebook group, right, for the event. And 
uh, Ash mentioned this where she's looking forward to meeting per- people that um, she's met virtually. And I think even if you haven't met anyone that's been in the copyrighted club, I think if you go into the group, the Facebook group, um, and friend someone that's there, like, and I, I remember the first year, um, there were people who were talking about they just landed. Do you want to take a cab together? And it was just, I just, the the community is so welcoming. Like I, I I keep wanting to go back to that as an outsider because I think one thing you guys do really well is set up these because I guess you guys know we're all introverts. You set up these parameters that allow us to open ourselves to to other people. And I think the Facebook group was one way that that really made it possible. There's a there's a private Facebook group. As soon as you sign up, that you that is just specifically for the event. And that way you can learn and meet people before you even get to the event. And that's one way I would recommend um, being able to find people that you may not know. The other thing, too, is just saying hi. I think, again, we're introverts and I get that. I can be socially awkward, but I think once you get over the walking up to a person, you know they're in the copywriter club or there for that event, I think you just walk up and say hello and let the experience take you from there. But the Facebook group is what I would recommend. Yeah. Thanks, Jude, for mentioning that. That is a big part of just setting the tone for the entire event. And and we do facilitate that and some virtual meetups prior to the event. So people are prepared and already know each other. Um, so that is a big part of the experience. Yeah. There's a lot of other benefits to that too. Like there was uh, last year, there was a, like a, a flight list of when people were landing so people could coordinate rides uh, I know that a lot of people wound up sharing hotel rooms because of that. Um, and there's there's usually just so many conversations that you uh, you get a chance to meet people um, and get more comfortable with them. So you kind of have like that that one person that like, all right, I'm going to cling to you, and uh, you need to you need to introduce me to some people because I don't know anyone. So Jude and Ash, you two are speaking at the event this year. Could you give us a little? Um, sneak peek into what you're talking about? Yeah. So I think as we know, ever since the pandemic, like digital product sales, everyone wants to create a digital product nowadays just because of how scalable it is and just how how much of an impact you can make with them. And I think there's a lot of content out there and a lot of copywriters talking a lot about what to do during your launch period, but there's not so much about what you need to do in the lead up to your cart opening, aka the pre-launch. So this is something I've recently planted my flag in and really been talking about heaps just because of the results I've been able to create for my clients thanks to the pre-launch. So I'm super excited to be talking about just how important it is and exactly how you can identify the right topics for your audience so that you can strategically nurture them and prime them so they're ready to buy when your cart opens. Yeah, so we have been on a journey together. Uh, This is, I forget, but maybe my third time speaking at TCCIRL. It is, it is. The first time I wore a black cape and I am bringing back the black cape for year three. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also bringing more fun as well. And so uh, my talk is about dramatic leverage. It is something that is newer um, that I've been talking a lot about. The very first year I talked about dramatic demonstration. The second year I talked about the big leap, my million dollar bet. And so dramatic leverage is a continuation of both of those things. And um. That's why we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun with a black cape, but there's other things I'm bringing. And again, I, I, we're continuing the conversation that I've been having over the years. 
the journey that we've been on together. I feel like this is one big family. And so uh, this is update number three. And so if you want to um, see it and understand what everyone is talking about when I talk about the Black Cape and how Kira is excited to see the Black Cape again, um, come to CCCIRL. Come say hi to me. Like, I, I, if you're afraid to talk to anyone, like, just come say hi and I, I will uh, try to guide you as much through it because I've been through each and every one of them. So um, let's hang out. We're all we're all gonna sit next to you now, Jude. You're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you just dig a little bit deeper into that, Jude? Just to tease it a bit more, when you're talking about dramatic leverage, what what are you talking about? How do you define that? Yeah, so dramatic leverage is doing the impossible. That's how I define it. How do you take the career that you're in right now to do something that you really want to do later on down the road? I in 2020, although I had my best financial year, I went through burnout and had to rethink how I work and how I operate. And so I have been living out the thesis of dramatic leverage. Um, and what that means is I've had to think differently about the kind of clients I work with, the kind of projects I take on. Um, Ash talks a little bit about uh, creating digital products. I have created that in 2021. And so um, dramatic leverage is teaching how do you do that for yourself? There's three parts to dramatic leverage. There's capital leverage, uh, lateral leverage, and then dramatic leverage, which is doing the impossible. And so uh, that's what I'll be teaching. That's what I'll be going through. Um, and even how I've leveraged TCC IRL over the years as well. So that's what I'll be talking Ooh. about. All right. I like it. I'm looking forward to it, Jude and Ash. And Justin, you are coming in as a moderator this year. Do you want to talk a little bit about your plans for Kira and Rob? Yeah. So I actually got a chance to interview them way back. I think it was episode 100 of the podcast, yes. um, which not everybody knows because I foolishly never introduced myself on that one. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll link it so everyone can check it out. <laughs> but I'm excited because I was thinking about this the other day. And there was a specific question that I asked Kira that she weaseled out of. And uh, that was, <laughs> Ooh. I remember this one. Because I asked, Kira, I asked you to order your favorite uh, Starbucks order in the voice of Snuffleupagus. Right, you did, yeah. You, you weaseled out of it. <laughs> and so, I will again, um, and again. Well, you're going to have to and do again. it. I don't people. do voices, Justin. I don't do, that's your specialty. It's not mine. <laughs> you have been prepared. You have six weeks to practice. <laughs> I can send you clips. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. But no, we, we were excited to, um, that you said yes, Justin, to interviewing us. Um, I, I mean, I personally feel like you know me well, you know Rob well, you've been with us through the, uh, from the beginning with the Copywriter Club. And so I do trust you uh, to interview us. Uh, now I trust you a little bit less. Oh my. There you go. We may need to rethink this. <laughs> Too late. Um, it's out. Yes, but I'm really looking forward to the questions you bring to the table. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's going to be interesting. All right. So I want to kind of focus more on the three of you for a couple of minutes and talk about kind of where you've been. So since we met together in San Diego, 2020, right? March 2020, before things went down, got a little crazy over the last few years. Um, like, I just want to reflect and just hear a little bit more from the three of you as far as like 
wins and struggles you've had over the last few years? And it may be more immediate. It could be, um, you know, over the last three to five years, whatever feels most relevant. But I want to hear from all of you. Uh, So again, just like a win and a struggle over the last few years that you'd like to share with our audience, just so we can all get to know you a little bit better too. Um, Who wants to kick that off? I feel like I kind of cheated because I, I mentioned it a little bit. I, I'll start with the loss. Uh, is the burnout? I think. Yeah. Um, I. The one thing I didn't mention is that I had been in burnout in that and didn't realize it for so long. And so I that was a loss for me in 2020, just realizing it and then coming to a, a halt and realizing I had to take time off. Um, but a big win that came from that that has happened recently is that I launched my first book. I had been writing books since I was eight years old, but never published them. And so uh, Dramatic Demonstration is my first book that I launched recently. And that's a big win for me because I because I went through burnout, I almost didn't want to launch it. I felt like I was done with my career and done with the work that I was doing. And um, luckily, instead, I launched it February 2nd. And so that is, as of this recording, it is out. And um, that's been a big win for me. And so, yeah. That's a loss, but a, a win at the same time. And congrats. Yeah, that is a huge congrats. Um, very exciting. And just to kind of go back to the burnout, do you feel like the burnout was caused? Sounds like it was happening before we even hit pandemic. It was it was from that previous year. Yeah. What it, what, do you, what do you feel like was leading up to the burnout? What what caused the burnout? Uh, I know now that I, I felt trapped by production. So I make the bulk of my money through production. And we've talked a little bit about this on the podcast. I like to think in 10-year blocks, but I've been doing this 15 years. And after the 10-year mark, I couldn't figure out where where I would go next or what I wanted to do next. Production was never, video production specifically, was never an end game for me. And But I felt trapped because it was, it was the, I make 80 to 90% of my money through production. And so um, I didn't understand how to pivot. Even when I hired coaches, I didn't understand how to communicate that as well. Um, and so that's what led to the burnout. I think what how I finally realized it in 2020 is that while everyone has, else had time off, I was still traveling. I was still working with Stefan and another client, um, Darnielle. And I was like one of maybe five people on a plane and I was resenting everyone else that was at home. And so that's when I started to realize it. But that is, I think that's what kind of led to it is I felt trapped by video production. Um, and yeah, recently I, I've made a lot of different uh, moves to get out of burnout and I'm still very much living it, but I, I understand it better in order to um, make different decisions and I no longer feel trapped by doing video production. And and you've evolved and created these new offers, the book, and you've shifted into, you're shifting into a new role in your own business too. Um, can you share, Jude, just what advice you'd give to someone listening? who may also be feeling that burnout? Yeah, I think the very first thing you have to do, and it sounds simple, but it it was something I struggled with for a long time. You just got to admit it. You have to admit that you're actually going through burnout. Um, But the second thing is asking for help. And like Kira mentioned, like I, I created other offers and I had to change the story that's in my head, the story that was in my head at the time that, you know, I couldn't get out of production. Um, And I think that even, so what's interesting, 
like as I think back at it now, the very first TCC IRL, the reason that I showed up there is because I was already thinking about how do I transition out of production. Um, and again, never really did it, never took the step. And I think it was, it's coming to these events, coming to TCC IRL that kind of opened my mind to the world of copywriting and what was available. Um, but what I had to do was the real work of realizing what I was going through and then what do I need to do to change it, um, trying out different things and, and just being willing to bet on myself. Um, I think over the years I got uh, into a place where I was afraid to take risks and it sounds cliche, but the only way to get out of your comfort zone is to take risk, is to, to step outside of your comfort zone. Is It is to um, talk with different people, to meet different people and find out what you can do, like find out what's possible. And so that's what's, that is what has helped me get out of burnout. It is having different conversations, being open about what I was going through. It's ironic that more and more times I talk about the burnout that I'm experiencing, there's others who are experiencing it and didn't realize what they were going through. So um, that's been helpful too, to know that my burnout has purpose. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of all the different things that I've done to, to uh, continue to grow out of the burnout that I'm currently in. Yeah, I like that. Bet on yourself. That's, that's a, a good way of approaching it. Uh, Justin or Ash, do either of you want to share wins and struggles? Yeah, so over the last couple of years, I think my my business has grown incredibly dramatically. Um, and I think I definitely owe a lot of that to just finding out about the Copywriter Club um, and you, Kira, and Rob in general. I remember 2020 was the first time I even heard of the Copywriter Club, thanks to a Facebook ad, and that led to me joining the Accelerator in late 2020. And back then, I like barely had a business like I had like I had no idea what systems and processes were I didn't know like what my x factor was or the fact that I needed one and and all of those things and I remember thinking at the time that it was going to take me forever to build a legit business that I loved and that would support me full time Um, and I always thought like I was going to be like this starving artist and people were like you were wrong to like to not pursue law and all of that but then like thanks to surrounding myself with amazing mentors and even the the community that you facilitated, I was able to create a really strong and solid foundation for my business that I've been able to grow and build upon. And then even in the last year, so like 2021, my visibility and authority have definitely grown heaps beyond what I expected. Again, like this time last year, we were we were prepping and in and about to do TCC and IRL. And I thought it was going to be forever until I got to work with dream clients and until I got to speak on stages or be invited onto podcasts for my expertise. But that happened um, a lot more this past year. And and now it's it's really cool to be the one that's going to be speaking on stage. So so that's super cool. And I think a big lesson I learned there and something I definitely want to impart to listeners is like not to underestimate what can happen and how much can change within the span of like a year. So if you're like listening and you're like, I don't ever know how I'm going to get to where I want to go, just yeah, don't underestimate what can happen. Um, but with all of that growth, um, like what Jude 
shared, there's also been a lot of burnout there as well. And I'm really glad that Jude brought it up because it's also something that I've been like low key wrestling with. Because when you are like growing, when you are making like lots of moves and gaining momentum, if you don't, if you don't take out the proper time to rest, then it can creep up on you a lot faster than you realize and even unknowingly. So like the last half of 2021 was a big, big, it was huge for me again in terms of like growth, but because I didn't take the time to to pause or sit down and reflect, it felt like I was like leapfrogging from one milestone to the next. And then by the time I got to the end of the year, my legs are like so tired. It was like, I don't want to move anymore. And for me, that that manifested as like apathy. So I remember like not really caring about what was next, like not caring about whether I was going to land any more clients or how much I was going to make that month or in future months. And I think that was a big sign that like, oh, okay, like I better ask for help. Like I better talk to folks about it and I better try and carve out more time for intentional rest. And I think the way I've been able to move slowly out of that was, again, like asking for help, but also taking the pressure off of myself. So I remember again, reaching back out the community and talking to some trusted mentors and them saying to me like you know you don't have to be so hyper focused on what you're going to be making each month for example because that was something I was really fixated on but then to hear someone like give me permission or say like it's it's much better to focus on like focus on how much you're making over a quarter instead of always just like month to month like that felt so much better and I think a metaphor I like to use is like seasons so you know there's like a season for everything and right now like there'll be a season for immense growth and big moves and all of that but then there's also going to be a season that's a lot slower and it's for more rest and maybe not as much is going to be happening um, externally but internally like there's a lot happening behind the scenes that it's all going to contribute to like your your growth and your becoming um, so that's just a snapshot of what's been happening just literally the last two years. Ash, did you just say don't estimate what could happen in a year, right? Don't underestimate, yeah, what can happen in a year. What I love about that, um, when I showed up to TCC IRL 2018, I was just a guest. Uh, you know, I paid my ticket to be in the room. 2019, I spoke on stage. And it was 2019, because I showed up in the room 2018, 2019 was my very first time speaking on such a large stage. But what happened after that was that as of, as of today, as of this recording, I have been featured on 57 different podcasts. That would not have happened had I not showed up in the room at TCC IRL. I give Rob and Kira the credit each and every time that I talk to them. But I want to say it publicly, like being in the room at TCC IRL, showing up in the room, even though I didn't have it figured out, is what created the other opportunities for me. And so when Ash says, don't underestimate what could happen in a year. It's true. There's a lot that could happen in a year, but it requires you to show up, to be in the room, to have the relationships, to have the conversations, to even open yourself up to what could happen in a year. Um, I just wanted to quickly mention that because it's because of TCC IRL. I am an introvert. I don't, I don't like public speaking at all, but yet um, 57 different podcasts, quite a few workshops. Um, it's because of TCCRO, it's because of Rob and Kira. Not only I was willing to bet on myself, but they were willing to bet on me too. And, and I will forever be grateful for that.
And you bet on yourself 57 times. I love that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Justin. Yeah. So uh, we'll start on a positive note here. So as far as the wins, so I know like when you asked me at the beginning about like what I am or, or, or who I am. or When you or said you're I'm a hot mess. Yeah. Yes. Which yes. is which is partially true. But the other side of that coin is that I really do know exactly who I am. I am a brand, brand voice expert. Hold on. Let me say that again. <laughs> I am a brand voice expert. I've worked with A-level clients. Um, I've, I get recognized as an expert in my space. Uh, I have a couple of very successful courses and I've built a pretty great career for myself. So I really do have the confidence in my abilities. Um, yeah, my brand is kind of messy, but that's okay. I embrace that and I really am happy with it and I'm confident with it. And, you know, I'm, I've got that friend at the bar type attitude and it, uh, that's part of my personality, and that's I, I've learned to lean into that, and that makes me accessible, and I'm okay with that. Um, it kind of made me realize that what I thought were flaws are features, and it's given me the confidence to move forward both personally and professionally. So there's a lot of that that came from being in the room with the right people. Um, being on stage two years ago at TCC IRL, uh, still having people come up to me or, or email me about uh, how my talk resonated with them about embracing constraints and giving them permission to kind of work within their box rather than look outside. Um, that's been great. I, I love the fact that that's had the impact on people, but it's also made me understand who I am and what my, my value actually is. So that really carried me forward over the last two years. Um, on a personal note, it's also been a rough couple of years because there's been just pure isolation. Um, haven't really gotten a chance to, to see my friends and, you know, definitely spent a lot of time alone, which has to echo everybody else, a lot of burnout. Um, and as Jude said, it's important to recognize it. Um, I'm kind of going through it now and I didn't recognize it until recently. Um, so I cannot tell you how excited I am to get back in the room with the people that charge my batteries and uh, just give me that chance to, to move forward and uh, remember who I am and uh, see see the people who I understand and who understand me and who give me the confidence to move forward. I love that. I, I know so many people are dealing with that and have been dealing with it like Jude even before the pandemic, but it certainly brought it to light more. And I agree. That's the thing I really look forward to most about IRL is how I feel recharged after going to that event. Um, I, would ask if there's anything that you haven't mentioned yet um, that you'd like to share about why people should go to IRL or maybe um, why people should not wait to buy a ticket since we only have about five weeks left. Um, any thoughts? Anything you'd like to share? Kira, can I tell my story about the, uh, the first year, about helping when I was packing the goodie bags? Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was under a, a non-disclosure for like two years on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I did tell oh, last year. <laughs> I haven't heard this story. What is it? <laughs> so it was at the first TCC IRL in New York. Um, I had gotten in a little bit early and I just asked Kira, hey, do you need help with anything? And she said, yeah, we are running behind and I've got to pack all of the gift bags. They're, everything's <laughs> up in my room. Can you, like, if, if you're free and you've got some time, would you mind packing all this stuff? So I said, sure, no problem. So I went, uh, I was in the room and there was just boxes everywhere. 
like tons and tons of boxes. And there were books, there were pamphlets, there were leaflets, there were inserts. There was everything that was in the swag bags from uh, that everybody got at TCCIRL. Um, I packed those. So I would think there was like 150 of them. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't help you. I think I was just frazzled and just uh, <laughs> like doing laps around the room, feeling very anxious. And you packed all of them. So thank you again for that. You are welcome. And I was just happy just to be helping a little bit. Um, and then it took a little bit longer than we thought. And then you're like, we need to be done by six o'clock because that's when the speaker's party starts. And that's up here. So I think we finished <laughs> at like 5.58. <laughs> and um, I was like, cool. All right, we're done. I got everything. We like, I think we like threw everything in the closet and closed the door so nobody would see it. Um, and then I was like, cool, I'll get out of here because the speakers are going to be here any minute. And you're like, hey, why don't you just stick around? And I kind of said, okay. And you're like, but don't tell anybody. So <laughs> little by little, the speakers show up and we're talking to Marcella Allison, Paris Lampropolis, Joanna Weave, Rye Schwartz. Um, who else? Um, Abby Woodcock. Uh, just everybody that spoke. Kevin Rogers. Um, so I am literally in a room with all the A-listers and all the, the VIPs and I'm not supposed to be there. And I know that y'all say like, sometimes you feel like you're not supposed to be in the room. I was literally not supposed to be in that room, but nobody knew that other than me and Kira. <laughs> so um, I start having a conversation with Joanna Weeb, who wound up inviting me to speak on the Tuesday tutorial. Um, I met Abby Woodcock, who is now my partner in uh, Codex Persona. Um, all the people who I literally was not supposed to be in the room with are now my colleagues and my friends. So, I mean, you want to talk about imposter syndrome. It's never going to be stronger than what I had in that room. And now I actually belong in there. <laughs> Thank goodness for our volunteers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so show up, get in the room. Good things happen. Love it. Does anybody? Oh, there we go. Go ahead, Ash. Yeah. And just to, just to add to that, I will say that if you are someone who is scared of coming because you, you don't know anybody and you're scared that you're not going to make any friends, like I think as Jude said earlier before, we're all like this weird and socially awkward introverted bunch. But I will say copywriters have been like the friendliest, most warm hearted, kind people ever. And I'm probably biased in saying that. But seriously, you can strike a conversation up with anybody. And because you already have that common interest and because like all of us just have a genuine desire to connect with each other and to meet new people, like I don't doubt that you will not, I don't doubt that you, like you will be able to make friends no matter what. You'll be able to walk away with a stronger connection. Like if I've been able to do it virtually um, across screens for, for like the better half of two years, like I know I can't wait for like what is going to happen in real life. So if you haven't got a ticket yet and you want to avoid FOMO, definitely snap one up. And I'm just going to jump in because I do think that as we talk about ourselves, we're we're all a little harsh and, you know, it makes it, <laughs> not just you, Ash, I have said this before that, you know, we're introverted and like we're awkward, but also we are some of the most empathetic people on this planet. And so that is our superpower collectively. And so I think that's why when you're in this room, like, yeah, we're all a little awkward sometimes, but we're also so kind and compassionate. And that's why you'll never be be left in the corner alone because we're we're copywriters and we're sensitive souls and we won't let you sit there alone. So I think I'm just saying that because I think that um, 
you know, we're, we're being overly critical of ourselves. We are awkward yet empathetic and compassionate and kind. And so that's the room you want to be in um, at a conference like this. Absolutely. Jude, Jude anything yeah. else you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm going to do the copywriter thing, even though I'm not a copywriter. So where will you, where will you be a year from now? That's all you have to ask yourself. Where do you want to be a year from now? Um, again, I, I said it earlier. I Coming out of this burnout, um, still climbing out of it, would not have been possible without TCC IRL. So where do you want to be a year from now? All right. It's a powerful question. Powerful question for you all to think about. And we're going to wrap with... Um, a final question or two. So I'm going to actually throw two questions at the three of you and you can answer the one you feel compelled to answer or you can answer both. So the questions I have, how have you seen the copywriting and marketing landscape change over the last year? I'm just curious and I want to know your thoughts on that if you feel compelled to answer that question. The second one why is 2022 the best time to be a small business owner working in this space? Justin. Uh, so as far as changes in the industry, uh, I think a really noticeable one is just the humanity in writing that's coming forward. Um, people are getting less on that, um, that really strong conversion element, the persuasion, uh, which can sometimes overlap into manip manipulation. I think the um, a lot of the empathy that you were mentioning before has seeped into the way that people launch. Um, we've stopped using scarcity. We've stopped making people afraid. Um, we've stopped relying on fear to get people to uh, to listen to us and to convert. And we've really been more empathetic and talking about the true values and being kind to people and relating to them more uh, as as people with uh, feelings and emotions rather than a wallet. And I think that's been a, a fantastic change. Yeah, so I think I agree with Justin, the humanity of it. Um, I, I obviously come from a different world, so I'm seeing it in a different angle. But I think uh, people are more willing to show their faces on video now because of Zoom and the um, need for connection. And that's the way we've had to do it the last two years. Um, but I'm also seeing that in the form of uh, stories, right? So stories that are now being produced through interviews that are being made through either a Google Meet or a Zoom or um, Riverside or all these other platforms that have been created because of it. And I think there is a level of humanity that comes from that. Um, the other thing that I'm seeing too is those who are having massive wins are those who have decided to go down a very specific niche um, and become consultants in that niche. So what do I mean by that? That means like if you're an email copywriter, like you're, you've gotten really good at pre-launch storytelling um, and being known for that. And I think I'm seeing copywriters and creative freelancers who are winning massively because they've decided to niche down doesn't mean it's the only work they do, but they, they've become known for that. I've seen Justin grow over the years um, where he wasn't the brand voice expert, and now he is. And 
um, ha- has gained massive wins. And I think that's what I'm continuing to see over the years as I come into this industry new and not really knowing a lot about it. It's between the humanity of writing, the humanity of video, but also um, the ones that are winning are people who have decided to to go really deep on a topic. And so that's what I'm seeing. All right. Thanks, Jude. And Ash? Yeah, for me, I'll did um, what the other two were saying about more more empathy-driven copy, more empathy-driven storytelling, especially in the launch space. There's now this like, it's less about making grand income claims, for example, and more thoughts on like, how is your marketing actually making people feel? Like we don't want to, whenever, like we have a responsibility as marketers, as copywriters, not to um, like, even like re-traumatize the audience or agitate their pain points so much that they feel like they, that they're acting out of fear. But now we're also thinking more like how, what kind of transformation did your program or your digital product actually create for your customer? Again, beyond just the income, like how did it make them feel? Like what other gains are they making besides like monetary gains? So I've seen a lot, a lot more of that in the launch space. And in terms of your second question about why 2022 is the best time to be a small business owner, I think there's literally never been a better time than to start. Like it's so much more widely accepted now. There's just so many more resources. I remember so I started around like, I started thinking about working for myself, maybe like 2019-ish. And at the time, you know, when I, whenever I would speak about it, people would sort of like look at me with pity, like, oh, oh, like you want to be a freelancer? Like, oh, okay. Like, are you, are you sure you're going to like make enough with that? And so I was just fielding a lot of self-doubt, like from myself and also from people thinking like, oh, like thinking again, that being a business owner was about like being a starving artist. But now I think the pandemic definitely contributed to that where it's now like widely accepted to to do your own thing or like to take control of your your work and your career and your income to start something on the side there's obviously been the great resignation all of that to say like now is always the best time to start and take action so if you've been on the fence with like wanting to go all in with your business or just starting like just do it yeah there are so many tools available that really just uh, make everything so much more accessible that you don't have those hurdles to overcome to, to really start a small business. And people are craving that sort of small interaction, that personal feel, that the human touch. Um, they don't necessarily want to buy from big uh, big box stores and, and brands without faces behind them. They like the personal touch. They like when you buy a piece of art and it's actually got a fingerprint on it rather than some perfect polished piece. Um, those little uh, one-of-a-kind elements and, and unique properties that used to be seen as a flaw are now what draws people to you. Well, that is a perfect note to end on. So we want to give all of you a chance to share where our listeners can find you. We are going to link to podcast episodes because you've been featured on the podcast previously. So listeners can check out your past episodes. Um, But more immediately, where can listeners go to check you out, to bump into you, to chat? Um, Let's start with Jude. It's funny you start with me because I'm notoriously not good at social media. Um, (laughs) I think so. I'm going to name two places. Twitter. I've been spending a lot more time on Twitter. Uh, My name on Twitter is Jude Charles. Um, and then the other place is just my website, judecharles.co. 
Um, that is where I have the newsletter, the book, uh, connect with me. I think my number is even on there. So connect with me through those two spots, uh, my website or on Twitter. And Ash? Yeah, you can hang out with me on Instagram. I love it there um, at it's Ash Chow. Or you can also go onto my website at ashchow.com. You can, if you scroll back a fair bit on my website, you can literally see my start into the business world, like as a blogger. So there are definitely some like low-key cringy, but good, good blog posts on there to, to get nostalgic over. Okay, and Justin. I'm over at prettyflycopy.com. And if you keep your expectations really low, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at uh, prettyflycopy. Yeah, you post on Instagram once every month or so. Something like that. Yeah, it's usually just like a funny (laughs) t-shirt or a pair of socks or something. (laughs) All right. Well, we appreciate all three of you jumping in here, giving us your time today to talk about TCCIRL and your businesses and, you know, the wins and the struggles um, that we can relate to. And I'm excited to see all of you shortly in a couple of weeks and hang out with you. And if you're listening, you can, you too can hang out with Jude, Ash, Justin, um, if you join us in Nashville, Tennessee. We hope that you can make it. So thank you to all of you. And thank you, Rosie, for being a co-host today. You're welcome. Looking forward to seeing everybody as well. That's the end of this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. The intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. The outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you liked what you heard, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out episode 216 with Justin Blackman about nailing brand voice and episode 217 with Jude Charles about dramatic demonstration of proof. Then coming up next week for episode 280, we interview Ash Chow and we'll hear the exact moment that we ask her to speak at TCC IRL 2022. If you're interested in joining us at this big event, we'll link the info, all the info you need in the show notes at thecopywriterclub.com backslash TCCIRL-2022. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Copywriters coming together to help the world write better. Copy and make more money. Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club can make you lots of money. Listen to the Kira and Rob's Copywriters Club can make you